Hi, this is Anthony Pascal, and with me this week, subbing in for Lori, is Matt Wright from the ShuttlePod. Hey, Tony. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. So this is kind of two weeks in a row. This is kind of a mini ShuttlePod uh, all-access Star Trek crossover. Crossover, episode. yeah. <laughs> Not the full-on four-person crossover we had last week. Laura will be back next week. Uh, she's busy on another non-Star Trek-related project. So this week is going to be another all-news podcast. There's been a lot of news in the last week or so. Uh, stuff that that went beyond what we talked about last week, which was all the news out of First Contact Day. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of there's some housekeeping news, little small things to cover, and then we're going to get to kind of two big chunks. There's a lot of stuff about the various Star Trek universe TV shows on Paramount Plus, and then there's actually some what Matt some for the first time in a long oh time. wow you mean like the name of a site Trek movie <laughs> yes. Trek movie news <laughs> real honest to god <laughs> movie news yeah it's, that's that's really cool actually so let's do a couple just quick things um we're still in awards season so quick update um Star Trek Discovery won a glad award for best drama this was its third year in a row being nominated first year that it won mm-hmm. it had some really tough competition this year but i think they sort of had a little bit of a, a leg up because if you remember well obviously the glad awards focus into you know on shows that represent lgbtq characters in a positive light and when they announced the non-binary and trans characters for this year they said that they worked with Glad to help develop the characters. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I remember reading that thinking, oh, well, you know, that they're a shoe in for the award this year. And here we are. But there's been a few kind of actual home media releases or news. Uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3 is right. available for pre-order now on Blu-ray. Yep. So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, That's they, about I, the right time. <laughs> Lower Decks comes out in May. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, mid May, and so for three months after that, probably because that's roughly when Discovery ended. So right, it's all spaced out perfectly, kind of to when they. Yeah, that's cool. Is and speaking of season three, the soundtrack is actually coming out on Friday, the day this podcast comes out. Mm -hmm. It's going to be digital and vinyl. The vinyl's coming out later. It's a isn't it? I mean, just side note, but it's so amazing how vinyls. having this comeback because it's not going to be out on cd like the last right yeah they've they, you know a lot of people have just stopped doing cds and but they're doing vinyl well vinyl looks cool too like they get to do really cool packaging usually for that kind of stuff so they're kind mm-hmm. of collectibles as it were yes and uh, i mentioned this last week in the podcast but i feel like i was dismissive of this because we were talking about how there's no games anymore oh um, yeah Mm-hmm. But there was a game released and uh, last week called Star Trek Legends. It's um, it's a role playing game. It's available on Apple Arcade. So if you subscribe to Apple Arcade, it's included in that. Right. I don't know. I I'm just glad to see you know new Star Trek games come out. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a good thing, even if it's like maybe not your cup of tea, you know, or whatever. It's good to see it out there for well, like kind of fun casual gaming, you know. 
And I've seen people who are into these kinds of things talk about it on Reddit and social, and people seem to like the new game. Um, yeah, it's and... also very uh, kind of meme worthy. Like I've seen lots of screenshots and like funny moments and things like from Legends, like from this already out there. Yeah. So you know, we still want our AAA game, uh, <laughs> but yes, you know, the world of Star Trek mobile games. You know that 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 fleet command game is super popular, um, and huh. surprisingly so. Yeah, that and, kind of surprises me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's a free to play game, but it's one of those where you know it's quote free, but then you freemium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and Star Trek Online is still chugging along after yeah. Decade. You know, still doing so, lots of stuff, yeah. You know, I feel bad for being dismissive of the world of Star Trek gaming. It exists. It's out there. It's there are things happening, but no. Well, it's kind of like all Star Trek merch of sorts. It's not really what it once was, you know. Right, right. <laughs> like everyone wants the world of Playmates toys of the nineties and yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, even though um, there is actually some new. Yeah, Star Trek figure. I mean, there's super high end figures coming out, of course, right. for collectors. If you want to spend, you know, I forget, hundred fifty dollars for you know a figure of Data. Some people do, but there's some cheaper. You know, there's obviously the Mego stuff, but there's the some Migo other stuff. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, Funko has some new Star Trek stuff and coming out this summer and. What else? Uh, Super Seven has a new had a line of TOS figures. They have a line of TNG figures coming out soon. Well, I guess you know. I think no matter how popular, unless they could figure out they and and we're going to talk about this a little later uh-huh. to really yeah. get into kids, the, yep. you know, and to get kids <laughs> loving Star Trek again and get the movies. You, you know, Star Trek was never at the game you know, toy level of Star Wars. Um, you know, so I don't think that'll ever happen but i I don't think we're even going to get back to the 90s even if we have multiple movies multiple tv shows i think that that it's it's not the world that we live in anymore no this is not yeah yeah but you know there's some stuff at least okay a couple fun little bits of celebrity news um one is if, if you go to our website we got to be the first to announce that gates mcfadden is launching a new podcast called investigates in and it's coming out on may 12th mm-hmm. what's what's cool about this is it's basically her talking to her star trek friends supposedly intimate conversations about you know yeah i mean you know, so she's talking to frakes and lavar will wheaton brant marina you know the whole gang basically yeah and not just tng uh picardo some behind the scenes people. Um, yeah, Michael Westmore. That's a good, that's a huge name. Like he's got to have interesting stuff to say, of course. So that's that's cool. We have a we have a clip uh on the site with her talking to Lavar. And we're going to try to get Gates um as a guest on All Access podcast to talk awesome. about this. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I'm a little more interested she's an executive producer on this new history channel documentary series. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to ask her about that, but I'm pretty excited about that show. 
Yeah, because well, that's pedigree, you know, of who who's making it, right? It's the the toys that made us and all that kind of stuff. So it's good. It bodes well for that series. I mean, after all, the production company's name the Nacelle Company, right? So yeah, yeah, they're nerds. He's a truckie. <laughs> exactly. And one last bit of celebrity news is uh, LeVar Burton has stopped kind of pretending and, and being humble about it. He is actively trying to get the job of being the new host of Jeopardy. Darn the per- right. The permanent <laughs> host. He should be. He, it just he, seems so fitting. I mean, I'm, I like the show. Uh, I, you know, it's hard to imagine anyone replacing Alex Trebek. Yeah. And the, the series of guest hosts have been hit and miss. Yep. Um, but it's weird that LeVar hasn't even been a guest host. I mean, they've that, had... That's very weird. I agree. Like, come on. And, yeah, because it's not just Star Trek. I mean, it, he's a major celebrity. Specifically, reading Rainbow just, like, screams, you know, if you're those reading Rainbow, you should probably be a host of Jeopardy, right? Like, somehow, because they're just, like, about, you know, smart and reading and, you know, thinking with your brain, you know, thinking with your brain, not just, like, a dippy game show that's you know trivia based or something like it makes sense that like this guy who was an icon for a ton of people growing up who are now adults right like he should be the host of the current you know version of jeopardy it's like come on <laughs> it only makes sense at least give him a shot but i mean yeah give him a it shot. is it is interesting to see how he's going about it because first it was a little bit on social media then he, you know he's reposting the the mm-hmm. fan campaign, you know, then other celebrities start joining in, you know, including Stephen Colbert and Star Trek yeah. celebrities. Then he does interviews. He is actively pushing this, which is interesting. He's trying to create a public groundswell. Yeah. So it's still really weird. They just haven't brought him on as a guest, at least. It's weird. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, so that's all the kind of little news. Let's pivot to talk about all the Star Trek universe TV show news. Yeah, and you thought it was all done with after first contact day. No, there's more. (laughs) Yeah. So let's kind of go in chronological order. This year, this year we're expecting Star Trek Prodigy, right? Yes. Um. Although we don't know when. I mean, what's your, if you were to give a guess, what would your date? Oh, I think, you know, we've talked about this, you know, offline together. I think, I think you're, we're sort of in the same agreement that it's probably, you know, I think it slots in somewhere in in between, right? Like it slots in sort of at the tail end of lower decks and then before discovery season four can debut. Cause I think that's like late 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 <laughs> so year. that would put it around october yeah like fall of, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i mean if you work the date backwards of uh i believe august 12th is right. the first of lower decks if you count the, the weeks left in the year there's like 21 weeks which would be 10 weeks of lower decks yep. 10 weeks of prodigy and one week <laughs> yeah. of discovery because they yeah. said it's coming this year well I mean, then they would... can do that right they can do that thing see the first episode was in the year like made it this year so i know but that's sneaky <laughs> to say we said it'd be 2021 we didn't you know, well, it, who knows? It, I, think, I think it would be like the 30th of december so it'd like yeah <laughs> well so i think like 
I think it, there has to be some overlap. I think yeah. there just has to be. Yeah. So Variety did this story this week looking at the new world of streaming and how IP, meaning intellectual property, is driving changes in yeah. the industry, which I think we've talked about, you've talked about on the oh, podcast. Yeah. We've all talked about it because it's just the way things are at the moment. What this has to do with Prodigy is Variety is reporting that one of the things that Viacom CBS had to deal with after the mergers, what to do with Star Trek Prodigy. Yep. Some people don't remember, but uh, back in the olden days of a couple years ago, <laughs> um, Viacom and CBS were two separate companies and uh, Nickelodeon, which is part of Viacom, uh, ordered a Star Trek show from CBS. CBS was going to produce it. It was going to air on Nickelodeon. Yep. But then there was the merger and there's a streaming service and there was this big question of what to do with Prodigy. And they eventually decided to move it to Paramount Plus, which makes sense. But the, the surprising thing was Variety's reporting that within Viacom CBS, executive suites, as it were, we're viewing Prodigy, what they, they say it was um, viewed by many as critical to the fate of the Trek franchise. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. I mean, we've been talking about how Prodigy seems like a bigger deal than people are realizing it is. Yeah. And this sort of confirms that, that in, internally they're seeing Prodigy as a big deal. Um, and... Because they see it as a bid to engage families. That's what we've talked about. We got to get younger people into the fandom. So they're looking for first time Trekkies, but I think they're maybe Prodigy is also going to be used for former Trek fans. So people who were fans of TNG and Voyager when they were teenagers or in their 20s who are now married, have kids. And yep. this is their gateway back to watch Star Trek with their kids as a family oh, sure. thing. Yeah. So maybe that's what they mean by, you know, engaging with family. So getting those Trekkies or maybe people who saw some of the movies. Yeah. Lots but, of casual fans who were like, Oh, I know who Janeway is, you know, whatever. For a while I was thinking prodigy is just this kind of extra thing for kids. I was glad they're doing it, but more and more it's becoming something that feels more important and something that, I'm more excited about, uh, you know, on two levels. One, as a Star Trek fan, but on two, like, is it going to work? Is it going yeah. to be this um, gateway? Right. Because it's a big deal. Yeah. We need it to work. <laughs> if it works, then there's kind of a trickle-down effect, right? Which yeah. they Variety also talked about. I think what's what's, of course, like, what flows out of this, right, especially invol involving kids, is uh, the possibility of if Prodigy takes off, right? Hmm, that thing that we've been missing from store shelves, and we've talked about even just we talked about earlier, that there's this chance for toys and maybe, you know, whatever, like what? Video games, for, you know, kid like kid video games and theme park rides. I thought it was interesting they brought up theme park rides because, man, we haven't heard about like any interest in branding anything as a theme park ride in a long time, you know? No. <laughs> it's, and, 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 but it was brought up and yeah. 
by variety because you know when you look around uh you know universal and disney of course there's all sorts of worlds and stuff you know there's star wars stuff and there's harry potter stuff and you know all sorts of stuff and the only star trek themed attraction in the world right now i believe is a tng themed roller coaster in germany yeah i think that's right i mean you know it's not bad but it's not you know, a full Star Trek experience. Right. Cause it's really, it's a roller coaster. It's not like a, uh, interactive, you know, shuttle ride. It's just a roller coaster. In yeah. I mean, there's clothing. some fun stuff <laughs> as you're waiting in line and all that kind of yeah, stuff. And it's yeah. like a holodeck room you go into, but you know, it's, it's a roller it's, coaster. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's not the same thing. And it's in Germany. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> so, know, that's one of the places you'd expect it just because, you know, Germans love, track too so <laughs> i think the more realistic thing is to see a little thing pop up at universal you know in either oh, yeah. florida mm-hmm. or california i mean there's um, transformers at universal so they've already got some you know they got connections in they work with universal already yeah and and a couple months ago i'm not sure if we brought this up on the pod it was just a minor thing but uh the head of cbs consumer products was talking to uh, the a major toy industry magazine. Mm-hmm. And when she was asked, what are your plans for 2021? One of the things she said was expanding the Star Trek universe to the kids space with Star Trek prodigy. Aha. See, they're, they're really serious about it. Yeah. And I remember reading that at the time and I, it seemed like an offhand comment, but you know, putting this all together, it's like, you know, that people are talking about Star Trek in the boardroom and they're saying, Okay, we've got a plan, and it all starts with this prodigy show. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see if they pull it off. I think, really, like, you know, as sort of important as, like, you know, Discovery was to sort of launch all access now, Paramount Plus, it kind of seems like this new, you know, sort of phase two, just like Discovery was really critical to getting um, all access kind of going. It kind of sounds like Prodigy is really important to getting this you know, reinvigoration of, you know, talks about merch and like whatever, like it sounds like at least, you know, it's like you're saying up in the C-suites, right. It's, it's being viewed as kind of, kind of a, a, an important milestone, you know, it will be the first Star Trek show to debut as a Paramount plus original series. Mm, that's right. That's true. Okay. So let's move on to another Paramount plus show. Uh, now we're moving into 2022. Right. So, I mean, they're not calling it phase two, but if you did want to think about that, then Strange New Worlds would also be part of a phase oh, two. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Because that show's coming out next year. And although we've kind of got a taste of it in Discovery and with Short Treks. Um, and we got some news about Strange New Worlds this week because we didn't have any last week. Um, but now we got some yeah. thanks to an just interview. a little bit, <laughs> not a lot, not a lot. Um, but better than I mean, literally, I don't think the word "strange new worlds" even came. No, up. I like I said, like I said last week, I was really surprised that there wasn't. I don't know, you know, just throwing a little title card or something it as like, yeah, also coming in 2022. You know, like nothing. So Akiva Goldsman, um, who has been kind of working his way through the Star Trek show because he started on Discovery yep. um, in season. Was he there one. in season one? Yeah. 
Remember the black badges were his idea. Right, right. Before he knew anything about him. Right, right. And he directed the episode three. Yeah. So he was definitely there from early on. Yep. Um, He wasn't there at the beginning, beginning. No, but but, kind of middle beginning. (laughs) Yeah. He came on after um, Brian Fuller. Fuller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he was there through season two. Then he went on to Picard. Now, and he remains on Picard as a co-showrunner, but he's also co-showrunner of Strange New Worlds. Right. And he did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter to talk about both of those shows. And when it comes to Strange New Worlds, you know, I mean, we've sort of poked fun at Akiva on this pod. And I think you guys certainly have on Shuttlepod. <laughs> yeah. But he's saying, I mean you can't pull a word out of anything he says about strange new worlds and, and, and say that there's something to worry about. Everything he says is right. Yeah, that's true. It's all very encouraging. (laughs) He reconfirmed that it's his phrase adventure of the week. Um, he pointed at the original series as the example. And I think this is a good, something very encouraging. He said was, he said, you know, TOS would, have Harlan Ellison and he, you know, had all these different writers and different tones. So it'd be horror, hard sci-fi comedy. And, you know, he was naming, you know, the writers of the episode. So he knows he's, you know, he's done his homework. He, you know, he claims to be a super fan of Star Trek, the original series. And which I think is true. And it kind of, you know, I'm starting to feel like not only will be adventure of the week, but we'll get a variety of tones on this show. Hopefully. I hope so. Yeah. Even though it's more writer roomy, I mean that that I don't think. Although I, I mean, maybe they are doing this. I don't think they're having one and done. You know, like have a George R. R. Martin come in and write an episode, even though that would be like no. I think I think it's yeah. I think it's still the the same writers' room. It's just that they get to be more episodic. Now, what did you think of his comments? So so they asked him if he, they're making any changes and. Yes. What did you think of his comments on are they making visual changes to the show? Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't know because of course he I mean the key phrase is slightly different, right? So, I'm not sure really what that means. Um they just it sounds like a couple of tweaks to the uniforms, a couple of tweaks to the sets, you know, and and um, and of course like I think one of the things I'm very curious to see this isn't directly related but sort of as a side is i'm very curious to see because of course now they're going to have these standing sets totally separate from discovery uh what is what does the corridor actually look like now because of course before that was a discovery corridor that they like slapped red on you know, right, you know right. just to use now the bridge was 100 percent new on right a bridge is 100% stage new. yeah but yeah the uh was Spock's quarters were those a redress of something? Or yeah, those... it, that's that's one of the hodgepodge of things that they've actually. I mean, they've done gotten huge mileage out of it. So kudos to them. But that was a slice and dice of like the uh, Shenzhou uh, brig, actually originally. <laughs> he basically said they want to make it look more like the original series. What they did on Discovery still had to kind of fit in the Discovery look. So. I'm thinking a lot of this is going to be done with lighting. I think it's going to be brighter. Mm, there you go. That could be it. Yeah. But there's a lot of just extra random lights on that bridge that they could just remove. 
like, <laughs> I think yeah. to make it look better, it, I don't think the ultimate thing is make it look more like the original series. That's the ultimate goal. But you know, in general, I just hate sci-fi when they're like, to make something sci-fi, you add an extra strip of light to it. Right. Um, you know, right. and uh, so... I think the bridge looked really good, but they could tone it down a little bit more than the actors can stand out a little bit more. So, um, you know, I, I'm encouraged, but I'm wondering if this, these changes is one of the reasons we didn't see anything from strange new worlds. Cause they kind of want to hold that back to show us the kind of new look, uh, you know, cause we're all, oh, whenever we do an article, we're always showing pictures from short tracks, right? <laughs> Right. Um, so they could hold it back for some big reveal, maybe later this year or early next year kind of thing. Comic-Con, maybe. Yeah. Star Trek Day in September, maybe. Still, uh, it's all very encouraging. Yeah, definitely. Now, there's a little bit of That's Life in 2021 news, which <laughs> is, uh, you know, this just came out. Uh, apparently, someone on the set, uh, guest star tested positive for covid so they had to quarantine that person obviously yeah. and um anyone else well, he came in contact with yeah right now so, so the actor was coming in from vancouver because everyone is quarantined when they come in from the usa right uh so this was a guest star from vancouver and we talked about this before laura and i were joking about how both discovery and strange new worlds, like all the guest stars are going to be from, are going to be Canadians, right? Cause it's yes, easier. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it seems like there's, you know, there's a downside to that because at least when you bring in someone from California, they're in a room for two weeks, whereas the Canadian, they get tested, but apparently they'd already been in contact with a couple crew people who now have to be quarantined, but they haven't stopped production. You know, even if they had to take a break in production, I think they could handle it because this the show's not going to come out for 14 yeah. months, probably. Yeah, they have right? plenty of time, right? Yeah. yeah. But Akiva said in that interview, something I thought was interesting was because he shot the pilot, he directed the pilot in February, right. but he couldn't finish it because COVID protocols wouldn't allow for a, some kind of crowd scene or something. You know, it just shows you they're, they're, they're dealing, you know, they're kind of working their way through these issues but uh you know so expect a crowd scene in, in the uh <laughs> no. i mean that's i mean just as a side note but I, you know i've always loved that huge crowd scene in star trek the motion picture that to show the scale of the enterprise yeah and so Definitely. i'm wondering like does he have something in mind like just you know where it's not digital extras like you just fill a room on pike's enterprise with all sorts of fun aliens and everything so Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. Although, really, in theory, I don't know like what the deal is, but in theory, you could definitely fake that. So I don't know why they would. It shouldn't really stop them. I would think that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could. There's all sorts of stuff you could do digitally, and they've done that. You know, we've seen big crowds in the Discovery, um, uh, Shuttle Bay, yes. which have been a combination of real and fake before. Yeah. But for whatever reason, there's something he wanted to do with a crowd that he couldn't do. Now, going backwards in time to a show that'll probably show up before Star Trek Picard, Akiva had a lot, a bit more to say about that show, which is going in the complete opposite direction when it comes to serialization, right? So 
Heavily serialized, yeah. Yeah. The thing that a lot of people took away from this, fair or not, was a, a frank admission on his part about season one. When oh, it comes yeah. To <laughs> serialization. Kind of confirming something that we kind of knew, which is they hadn't worked out the end of the season when they started shooting season one. Oh, yeah. Well, and if you, I mean, no, duh, you can tell. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is what it is, but you, yeah, you can tell. Every Star Trek show has been shot that way, you know, so they didn't know. The only difference is that these are not heavily serialized, so you, there's a lot less, like, fudge factor, <laughs> you know? Right, which is what he said. He said, yeah. basically, you need to know where you're going before you start shooting, and that was the lesson they learned, and yeah. luckily they had... And then COVID gave them a lot of time to nail down season two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Do you think that they've, compl- I wonder how much they've rewritten it. I don't, that's a good question. I don't know either. Well, you know, you know, the, the, I do wonder that, you know, how there was no mention of Whoopi at all. It almost makes me wonder if like something changed and she's not really in it anymore, you know? Uh, Cause all that talk of her was very early on about her so yeah on first contact day michael shaban tweeted something about how he was involved early on and he wrote i think he said some drafts early drafts yeah if if one was conspiratorial one would look at what he said and basically say his his stuff wasn't used because you know we know with discovery you know we know that uh nicholas meyer wrote drafts that weren't used i mean that show went through all sorts of changes yeah, the, the Mirror Universe stuff was supposed to be in episode, like, four or something, and all sorts of stuff changed on that show um, during season one. And, um, you know, I know whole episodes were completely rewritten, even if they didn't change the credits. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. We're, we're kind of, you know, tinfoil hatting here. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right, that, that maybe... You know, maybe maybe they wrote her out because it didn't work. Although that would be horrible. Yeah, I mean that would suck. Unless they're like, oh, that's cool. We'll save her for season three. You know. Yeah, because they sort of have a plan for a few years of Picard. So a um, loose plan. So Akiva talked a little bit about why Q is in season two of Picard, and in so doing, he he said the season is all about. About the nature of connectedness mm, which doesn't really tell you much honestly right this <laughs> is when <laughs> so this is when akiva starts being more akiva <laughs> so he starts using all these words and you just don't know what he's saying basically um so i'm not but he's saying that that is why they need q because q has this strong connection to picard he said Q's like his, you know, he didn't use the word closest friend, but kind of one of his strongest um, relationships. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he drew a parallel to Riker, you know, and even though Q only showed up once a season, I guess, but those were, you know, major moments in his life. And Patrick Stewart says that Q appears in season two at a kind of pivotal moment or something. Yeah, um, some kind of crisis or whatever. But uh, you know, it sounds like whatever they've done, it's like 
it's an important thing. Q's not just showing up just to be funny in Q. Right. Um, and in fact, it doesn't sound like he's going to be funny at all. No, um, it sounds very well, kind of like with Picard, you know, in season one and addressing the, the time, you know, 20 years difference and stuff. It sounds like they're attempting to be very serious and very cognizant of that with Q. Although he also referred to him as a trickster God, a kind of Loki like character, which is true. That's actually a good, also good true. Yeah. But you know, would a Loki-like character who's funny um, fit into Picard? Um, uh, not the way it's been so far. <laughs> no. So, Well, do you think that Picard should double down on its seriousness? I mean, it, 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 you know, especially because they've got all these other shows, or does it need to lighten up? Like, maybe it's okay for Picard to be the deathly serious show that's kind of discovery's thing too high stakes everything's super that's true but it's more it's more like sci-fi serious whereas picard's more psychological serious i guess yeah yeah that's a good point yeah well i mean i think that's where they've i think you're right then maybe that's just where that's the wheelhouse you know there for picard which kind of makes sense yeah i mean i do want these shows to be different that is supposedly yes, the be. point mm -hmm. yeah um you know whereas because voyager and tng were different shows but the tone was generally the same right the setting was different the characters were different uh -huh. um but you know ds9 had a different tone for sure huh, yeah um, no question so i guess reading between the lines of everything he said it's. It feels like Q's going to look older. They're not going yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, really, because what do you do? He he has to kind of I don't know smirk and then make himself kind of match, right? Because he's like, oh, you know, they might de-age him for thirty seconds and then be like, oh, this this will make you feel more comfortable, you know? Okay, yeah. So you think we're going to get a moment of classic Q and then I'll right. go, oh. You got older. Okay, I'll get older too. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, this will make you feel more comfortable. And then, you know, he'll just be like Delancey today, basically. So all the stuff we saw from Star Trek Day, he had that beard. Yep. Um, that was all shot before he started. Right. Um, and But now it appears that they've started. Because the showrunner, <laughs> uh, Terry Metalis, mm -hmm. on April 8th, uh, yes yes tweeted out today is maybe the coolest day ever on the set of star trek Picard. <laughs> um so i think if that wasn't his first day that was his first week which was the week of first contact day yeah and and delancey talked to variety and said um on april 9th well, we don't know when he talked to them but that same week and said he had started working but before he started, he said he was really worried about this age thing, even though he didn't say it was resolved. He said he's having a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm guessing whatever they're doing, he seems cool with it. Yeah. A couple minor things. Um, it, for some reason, he likes to leak things in cameo conversations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people send me these links, right? They're like, hey, this is what he said to this guy wishing this German guy happy birthday. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. So, 
Um, Jonathan Frakes is directing the ep- the episodes. It's feel like there's multiple Q episodes, and uh, and I think they're still doing these two episode blocks. Blocks, yeah, makes sense. I wonder, I mean, I wonder if they, they probably did that to make him feel more comfortable because they could have picked different Frakes. You know, give him any two blocks, but why not give him the blocks with the Lancey to kind of, you know, get the whole band back together situation. What do you think? Sure. Especially now that they sort of have uh, time to pick and choose, like while they're planning and they have to plan more carefully, you know, that makes sense. Now I'm more excited for park Picard season two. Yeah. I think, I think they've learned lessons. If you think, think about, discovery season one versus season two season two that first episode back felt like not an entirely new show but a significantly different show yes it did i mean not just the new widescreen which was you know so it looked different um but just the tone was different and they've you know they it's definitely a better show and i I still think season three was even better so these people are learning as they go along and getting better at it as they go along. And I think yeah. they, they definitely had time to look to, you know, the only thing I worry about is like, you can overanalyze these things, you know, and they had a lot oh, of yeah. time to look at season <laughs> yeah. one, you know, and read every comment on the internet. And, uh, well, that's why I think in a way season two was almost an overcorrection in some, you know what I mean? Like, for discovery, you're saying, yeah. For discovery, yes, yes. Is there some something that stands out to you in season two, and you think that's a little bit too much? Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's just things where it's like, oh, we don't really know what to do with Saru, so let's quickly let have him lose this ability, you know, and oh, people didn't like this, you know, so we, oh, people thought it was too humorless, so let's make Tilly like overly quirky, you know, in parts of season two that they didn't know how to write for her, but in the back half of season two. Yeah. You know, just stuff like that. It's like, really? Okay. Just relax. Like it you did went a seem, too far. <laughs> it did seem to, you know, and, and they gave the Klingons hair. It did seem like they yeah. were going down the list of all the things people gripe Checking about. Checking those off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they're doing the same with Picard. I don't know. Uh, Picard doesn't have a lot of gripes that, in the same way though. It doesn't have a laundry list, I would say. Now, one one thing Akiva said in that interview when asked how are they going to deal with Android Picard, kind of implied they're just not going to deal with it at all. And I'm not sure he said he's not super Picard, but we knew that, right? But that's yeah. not really they they made it they made sure to have like exposition at the, at the end of season one that says like basically we just gave you a different body, so you don't have the genetic defect, but it's still going to like appear to age and eventually it'll just like turn itself off at a natural like <laughs> time and stuff. So, I mean, like basically like, eh, they, you know, they tried to just, but it's still a, that already. It's if, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a robot and you know, it would affect you psychologically, right? Oh yeah. Because, well, you know, it's something actually, it's funny. I think they did a really good job for the brief period of time. They let Hugh back in Discovery Season 2 when he was, like, resurrected, basically. Talk about that. Like, he didn't feel right in his body, remember? Like, and he had weird problems. And, he, you know, it's that whole, like, 
is this how this always tasted? Have, you know what I mean? Like, did I always think this, you know, felt this way? Like you would totally have that, you know, am I in the matrix kind of feeling, right? Like, does that, is this really what, you know, this cereal tastes like, or is that because I'm programmed to think it tastes this way? You know, it's like, you totally have that. Whoa, this is weird. Sensory changes, like kind of thing. Well, I just don't see how you don't. He also kind of, decided to die and sacrifice himself and these people decided to resurrect him without even asking so there's issues of that consent and does he have survivor's guilt i hope they don't just pretend it never happened you know i don't know yeah i guess we'll see but i have a feeling it would be very minor given the way they've downplayed it Yeah. yeah probably hand wavy too now believe it or not there was not news, but at least a mention of the Section 31 <laughs> show. It's still a thing. <laughs> it exists, kind of. Um, so, you know, the Hollywood Reporter tried to get um, Akiva to talk about Section 31 show. All he said is, I don't know. I believe so. So he believes it's still a thing. Yeah, that's not, he's not involved in that really. So he doesn't know, you know. Well, but he, you know, he's close to alex he said yeah. alex has a plan and it's pretty cool yeah. whatever that i mean that's him of course probably dodging it since it's not like official official and you know yeah the whole yeah. i still think they they haven't nailed what they're gonna do i i don't think it's 100 percent. i would yeah. definitely not be surprised if if the the next star trek show we see which probably will come after season three of picard or season five or six of discovery so we're talking live action will not be a section 31 show it'll be something else starfleet academy show you know some other show maybe something related to the new movies which we'll get into later but i don't think section 31 is the shoe in for the next star trek show anymore no i don't think so either because like if it were they would actually be really aggressively pursuing it you know what i mean and they're not yeah (laughs) I think they should do a three episode test the waters mini series and see what people think. They should. Yeah. Well, you know, they were at one point we've talked about this before. I think too, is the whole, at one point they were sort of interested in limited series and now they've changed their minds on that. Yeah. I mean, I get working. kind of why, because like, dude, it's expensive to make a Star Trek show. You can't just like start it up for a few episodes and be like, okay, you know, you really do need to have a full season plan. Yeah. Cause they can't, you know, the, the section 31 ship, you know, if they were to go back and you, you know, those sets are gone. Yeah. They're now part of Starfleet HQ. Yeah. So, you know, so there's no <laughs> sets to reuse. Um, you could do a short limited thing when, discoveries on hiatus but right you know the discoveries only on hiatus really for if they continue to roll through these shows maybe four months or so so they're gonna have to get in reuse those sets and get out pretty quickly yeah Um, i mean that's why like what they did in between was short tracks because they had to be small (laughs) you know they couldn't be big things okay so, drumroll please, let's talk about movie news. Yay, corporate synergy, baby. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, this this was weird. Um, last, I guess, I guess this happened right after the last podcast came out. It did, yeah, it was like right after. <laughs> um, is that 
Paramount decided to re the the big news from most of the entertainment media was that Paramount was reshuffling their schedule, their whole schedule for the next, right. like, including you know like Mission Impossible and yeah everything everything um basically anything with Tom Cruise and it got moved later because they <laughs> that's right lots of money you know <laughs> yeah they don't think summer twenty twenty one reading between the lines is going to be a, as big as they want it to be, which, uh, you know, the Top Gun Maverick. So once you move Top Gun Maverick out of the summer into the fall, then you got to, then it, it's just a, you know, a domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. But then like nestled in the middle of this list. And this was yeah. a thing sent by Paramount. They sent it to me. They sent it to every, you know, uh, you know, the yeah, entertainment a, media. That's a press release. Was yeah. untitled Star Trek movie. Yeah. June, they just kind of threw that in there. Yeah. June 9th, 2023. Like, Okay. But this wasn't something that was moved. No, <laughs> like it was just New. kind of there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like they just wanted to slip that in there to see if anybody noticed. You know, so, yeah, like of oh, course yeah, everybody yeah. noticed. You know, and it's a here's why it's it's a big deal because okay, so Beyond came out in the summer of 2016. You know, and we've been through the ringer since then. Oh my gosh! It, yeah. Um, there was, you know, there is a script that was written that's essentially the sequel to Star Trek Beyond. Um, the whole cast comes back, Chris Hemsworth comes back, and they were supposed to start shooting that in 2019, and then that fell apart because of, you know, budget cuts and Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, okay? Um, there was a Tarantino movie. That was going to be something totally separate, and you know, there's going to be at least a couple Kirks in there, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, some crazy stuff. Timey uh, wimey, like whatever he felt like doing. Yeah, Noah Hawley was brought in to make a smaller Star Trek movie. So all these script, all those scripts were written, um, but they never put any of those on the schedule. Right. Um, they talked about them. You know, these were official things. You know, the head of Paramount talked about them. Um, but what's weird is they put an untitled Star Trek movie, but they didn't attach it to anything. They just said, we're doing a yeah. Star Trek movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, I checked, I confirmed it with Paramount and then they got started getting cryptic and they said, it's top secret. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. But they did confirm this is going to be produced by J.J. Abrams. Right. That's not a shock. No, it's not. Even though he's no longer fully attached to paramount he's still working with he's producing both of the mission impossible movies they're making now um and he's producing another cloverfield i think and you know so even though he's he's also making a movie for warner brothers a superman movie um and that's his main thing now is uh working for warner brothers he's still you know doing well yeah i mean things. like his production company started these you know started and or got reinvigorated franchises like they essentially picked up mission impossible after two movies picked it off dusted it off and made it really popular again you know so yeah you can see tom, why it, you know. yeah and tom cruise loves jj so right so um, they're going to be producing partners you know <laughs> right right so you do you know paramount does what tom cruise wants basically right. <laughs> right. and he says i want jj to produce but you know they don't have to stay with jj there's no rules there's no you know they could make a star trek movie without jj abrams but they've decided to stick with him right. um for these but that doesn't mean 
it's another Calvin movie. No, not at all. Right. It just means like the production company. Like it doesn't mean anything else. Like it also doesn't mean. So, so people also started putting the pieces together to say, well, wait, didn't last month. You know, Paramount. Uh, yeah. Or order a script from. Kalinda Vasquez. Yeah. Kalinda Vasquez. Started right, who worked on discovery and yeah. She's doing, yeah, she's not a dis- just a Discovery writer. She's got a big show on HBO working with... Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's, she's like a genre writer from all over. Yeah, yeah, she does comic books and stuff. So we've described her as a Discovery writer because that's kind of Star Trek. Well, that's focused. how people know it, right. But she actually yeah. has done and is doing more stuff than Star Trek, for sure. Right. But she is now writing a Star Trek movie. They didn't say it was that, but people are like, well, it must be that. I don't think it is. Indications are. Some people are reporting it isn't. I haven't confirmed that, but I believe yeah. that to be people, the case. Some people in the know, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel like that's it. It feels like it's something else. Probably and too even, soon. Right. I mean. What? Well, probably yeah, exactly. too soon. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. that sort of implies that they are further down the road on another project. Well, I mean, remember uh, Noah Hawley made it sound like they were getting really close to, to going somewhere with his and then stopped. Right. So they were in pre-production apparently a year. Yeah, ago. there you go. So, so right. So they, they were, you know, getting down, getting down to that, like getting yeah. a ways into that. So, uh, it's possible that they've either tweaked it or changed their minds. Remember that initially the reason why they said they were passing on it was, it's a little too COVIDy, you know. Like, oh, so uh, you're thinking it? They might have brought Noah's thing back. Yeah, maybe. Who knows, right? Like, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's the Noah thing, the Tarantino thing. There's the Beyond sequel. Yeah. There's the Kalinda new idea. We don't know what it's related to. Um, those are four possibilities. I think it's door number five. I think it's something else. I think it's something think entirely, entirely different. Oh. Entirely different that we don't know about. That's a, very possible. They're I mean, obviously they're being they're being kind of coy like about what it is, because of course it's quote unquote top secret. It's just appeared. And then um I mean, and as the Kalinda Vasquez thing, of course, came out of nowhere too. It's not like we'd been hearing, you know, some rumor mill about her making a script before. So yeah, for all we know, they got something else going on. It feels like my educated guess is that they have now decided to move Star Trek back into the pipeline at Paramount and as a franchise, and they're going to start making multiple Star Trek movies starting in 2023 related to each other, perhaps, but not, you know, not necessarily all direct sequels to each other. Yeah, they can't be. It's not it's not smart to be anyway. No, but they're they're going to try to do with Star Trek what what they're doing with, like with Mission Impossible they're doing direct sequels to each other, but with the right. Transformers Hasbro stuff they're doing just a kind of you know multiple movies in that universe, um, but not semi rebooted sort of yeah and yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I think that they're doing the same with Star Trek that they're doing with Transformers and what you know the DCU is doing and the MCU is doing, which right. is 
multiple films, some of which are related, some of which may not be related. Um, yeah. And and the Kalinda movie, I think, is the second movie. It'll sure. follow the um, the twenty twenty three super secret movie. Hmm. I mean, um, it's uh, it makes sense. Like you know, I'd buy that. Sure. Like... <laughs> I mean, I haven't confirmed all this. No. It's kind of this is an educated guess, right? At best. Yeah, so take it with a grain of salt, but you right. Know. So I'm not reporting. That's why I haven't written the headline. You know. right. It's why it's not a news article. It's just us chatting on the podcast. <laughs> right. So don't go out there and say trick movies reporting that you know. But uh, but you can say I think so because I do think so. <laughs> um, and there's oh, so there's another wrinkle here, um, which is th- this was really weird. Okay, so. I think that a couple hours after the news came out, an interview came out with Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Um, talking about how he would love to be in another Star Trek movie. <laughs> um, uh, this was from popculture.com. But they had to clarify that they did the interview a few days before, before the news broke. Yeah. Because, you know, because I kind of feel bad <laughs> because they, they knew this article was coming out and then they're like, oh, wait, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it looks like he's reacting to the news. It does. But, yeah, <laughs> um, it wasn't. And no. so um, and he says what they've all been saying, which is we, the Kelvin cast. We all love each other. We all want to work together again. We all love JJ. We all want to do another yep. movie. Um, even Chris Pine has said this, and I think it's genuine and you can see it with the behind the scenes stuff that that's all true. Um, but he said, I don't know anything. Right. And this is three days before the announcement. So let's assume that's true. Right. I mean, a lot of times actors are some of the last to know. So that's real. You know, it's realistic. Right. It's not impossible because assuming they've, continued with these options which they may not have they may have dropped these options right um but you know he he is signed on to an option this is why the last movie fizzled out you know the the direct beyond sequel fizzled out is because chris pine they were all signed on and all had agreed to certain amounts and paramount decided they didn't want to pay chris pine the agreed amount but they would have to tell him fairly soon because this would have to shoot in 2022 um so if he doesn't know now, he's going to have to know fairly soon. Right. Um, but it's the other thing he said, he's kind of ready to move on, even though he loves the character. I think it's been five years. I mean, and you think about it, he played Spock in 2015, right? That was the last time right. he's actually been, you know, right. it's been a long time since he's had the years. Off, I mean, right? yeah, I mean, that's a long time, especially, uh, Especially now, like 2020 is a strange year with a lot of distorted time anyway. So like, it just feels even longer, I would say, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So, you know, I think I'm not saying that this is evidence that they've moved on from Kelvin, but it, it you know, it's a minor piece of evidence that we've seen the end of the Kelvin movies as a possibility. Um, but you know, 
We don't know yet. That's what makes this all so exciting. There are always possibilities. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just a minor note, you know, just because he was being interviewed, they said, what do you think about the idea of playing Spock on TV? Because, of course, we're seeing that, you know, with Star Wars and MCU, where we're seeing people who were in the movies reprise these characters on TV. And he seemed open to the idea, um, but wanted to know the details. It's not like if, you know, he's kind of ready to do a Kelvin movie if asked. Um, whereas doing a TV show, I think he's, he'd have to, you know, has a lot. Well, yeah, a TV show is a very different proposition, too, than just like doing a movie. Right. It's a bigger commitment yeah. and it would be a different. He knows that it wouldn't be JJ. It wouldn't be with the rest of the guys. So this would be him doing a TV show, you know, a Spock TV show. Well, and also, you know, at the moment, they do have a TV Spock. So, right. I'm, I'm almost certain he knows that. Oh, um, he, I'm what, sure he does. So he's just being know, sort of nice about it. He didn't know. mention it, but no. um, but there's ways around that. I mean, how many, you know, the DC have how many flashes and Batman and, you know, so yeah, you could have more than one person play the same character. I'm not saying that they're going to do this, but uh, you know, I've always thought that to do another Calvin movie, you would just spin off one or two characters that, you know, Trying to get them all back together may be too hard, but you could probably build a movie around one or two of the characters. Um, and so, but you could do that on TV too. And, and obviously Disney Plus is having a lot of success with that. But they got Disney money to do that. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> and there's one last piece of news that kind of, in a weird way, ties this all together which is yet another person weighing in on the new world of things. So we talked about that variety article earlier, this, the article about how IP is driving everything now. And Alex Kurtzman was interviewed for that. And here's what he had to say about the changing landscape. And I'm just going to quote him here directly. I think vertical alignment has made it so that it's impossible not to accept the reality that the line between movies and television is gone. It doesn't mean that you can't have a feature film that is separate from television. But if they aren't connected in some way, then you're basically running two universes parallel as opposed to interconnected. And I think those messages could potentially count each other out. So put yeah. your tinfoil hat on, uh, <laughs> that, read that's... between the lines. What do you say? Yeah, that's for execu speak. That's actually fairly clear. You know, I think... We know what he's saying. This we'll say isn't going to, yeah, this isn't going to work. And we're not going to have movies that are somehow in total parallels to, you know, our TV shows. They've got to have some we're kind not of shared have, universe. So you think he's saying the whole disconnected thing, which he helped create. Well, and, and as we've said, like that was before there was a CVS TV, you know, universe going. So times have changed, you know? I mean, so. They've done baby steps, you know, so the question is, you know, you could you could call the current universes connected because Picard is running around dealing with Romulan refugees as a result of the mm -hmm. supernova that was written into the 2009 Star Trek movie. So they're they're connected. Yep. Um, and you had that weird guy show up in Discovery. So they're connected, right? Yep. They're starting um, to do that a little bit. Yeah. But that's not what Disney Plus is doing. That's no. tangentially connected. That's not like, hey, after end after Endgame, it's affected people, 
and now we're going to see it in their own, you know, spinoff show. That because that's right. literally what's going on in the Marvel universe. Right. So. The Loki show comes straight off, or we expect, you know, I mean that these are you need to have watched those movies or rewatched them recently to kind of get what's going on. It's right. all connected. Um and certainly with Star Wars, what they did in season two of the Mandalorian and what they're doing with Boba Fett and all this other stuff is super connected. And they have a Kenobi TV show. Um, you know, they're bringing back the actors that played, you know, the aunt, the uncle. So it's all connected. And yeah. So having Picard deal with the Romulans is nothing compared to that level of connectedness. And I suspect he's saying, yeah, we should go full on. Now, I'm not sure he has complete control over this, though. No, I, I agree. I was going to say, I don't know if he does either. I think that's just his thought. Right? Um, but that could be the direction where these powers that be, these people in the the rooms where they're talking about Prodigy and mm-hmm. um, and other important things, he's in that room. So it makes sense that... They're thinking, let's put Star Trek back on the movie schedule and let's get all this stuff working together. Right. And so they gotta they've got to move towards that direction if they're not. Yeah. I mean no one's like, saying I can't imagine anyone yeah. saying, No, you know, let's have the movies do their thing and the T V thing do their thing. Oh yeah, there's no way, considering that like I mean, there's an entire variety article about the industry drive to move to like <laughs> <laughs> you know, exploit IP and sort of shared universes and stuff. So, uh, yeah, there's no way nobody, there's no way they're saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one thing, you know, just on a side note, he, he did talk about how one way they're doing this, at least in their TV universes, they're doing these monthly meetings with all the showrunners. Yeah. Um, that was cool to hear. I'm really glad they're doing that actually. Yeah, and we've seen a little bit of elements, you know, Lower Decks had some dis- Discovery references and the Kuat Malat showed up on Discovery Season 3. Yeah. Um, so they're talking, obviously. And, you know, but one has to wonder in that showrunner meeting, are the are the Paramount Pictures people in that showrunner meeting too? Nope, probably um, not. <laughs> probably not, but they should be. I think they, yeah. maybe they are. Um. Certainly, I mean, Kalinda Vasquez probably should be in that meeting. And I, I, bet I mean, heck, maybe that's know. one of the reasons why they picked her is because she has been on both sides of it, you know? Yeah. And whoever the new writer or writers are of Super Secret Project X are, if it isn't Kalinda. Right. Um, should be in that meeting, too. Or at least aware of what's going on. So... It's you know it's weird because we're still we're still lost in the desert, right? right? We still haven't had new Star Trek since January, and we ain't going to get any until August. No, sad. and yet <laughs> here we are talking about this like tsunami of Star Trek coming between twenty twenty two and yeah. twenty twenty three. Well, and that, of course that was supposed to be that tsunami was supposed to start this year originally, of course. So yeah, this is you know I mean we all know why the tsunami <laughs> was held yeah. back. But it's still weird to be talking about all the Star Trek coming in the future. Um, Yeah. Any day, really. Any day. (laughs) Any any moment now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
And so, you know, I, I look forward to constantly reviewing all these episodes, although I, I'm praying they don't start dropping two episodes a week. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Because that's going to make this podcast complicated. Um, even well, though it's great for the fans, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, we should space these shows out. Unless they're going to release 52 episodes a year. Let's try to avoid overlap. Their plan is normally to avoid overlap. The only reason why it would overlap now is just because everything got pushed, you know? Yeah. But but I as we know, if... their goal has for long times been, hey, <laughs> like, yeah. we, we want to, you know, the kind of constant feed of Trek, like a little bit of downtime and then another show, a little bit of downtime and then another show. And I remember various CBS executives kind of candidly admitting that they were seeing Star Trek churn with between season one and season two of discovery. So they oh, know yeah. that mm-hmm. people, they, you know, log in and they watch the show and then they leave. Right. Um, now all the other, I mean, now hopefully people will say, Oh, look, SpongeBob and all the Godfather movies. And, you know, it's a whole different world out there um, right. because of the merger. So you don't just need the Star Trek shows. But I think for a lot of Star Trek fans, they come in for the Star Trek shows. Yep. So, you know, we're living in interesting times. We don't have all the answers. Which kind of makes it fun while we sort of sleuth out what we can. We will be continuing to report all the news we can find. But uh, be careful what you read out there. There's always rumors and stuff like that. And uh, we do our best to separate fact from fiction at trekmovie.com. That's why the site was created way back when the first J.J. Abrams movie was being talked about. Yeah, Um, that's right. That's what we're here for, and we're glad you're still listening to this podcast if you've slogged all the way through this. You've made it all the way through, yeah. Um, Okay, so that's it for all the Star Trek news and speculation. Unless you, Do you have any thoughts on... No, that's that's it. There's a lot, but that's really all we got. What do you most... I mean, we've talked about so many things. What are you most looking forward to... For the next twelve months, between now, let's between now and June, when the new Star Trek movie comes out, June twenty twenty three. Okay, so if we go with that, I think I'm leaning towards. Uh, well, it's hard to say, but if I go sort of longer, you know, looking longer ahead, further and further ahead, probably Strange New Worlds because that's later in twenty twenty two. We think, you know, and then I, of course, like am totally intrigued by just what this top secret movie could be, you know. I gotta right. say. <laughs> well, we'll be reporting on that before June 2023. Hopefully, oh, God. J.J. Abrams yeah, doesn't try to totally mystery box this thing. No. You know, I really... By the way, can we please learn this lesson that that's not the right way to go with it, please? I think he has said that he gets that now. Um, so, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get the normal stuff. We'll get... Here's the writer. Here's the... You know, we'll get a sense of what universe it is, I think, well before all that stuff happens, but for now it's a mystery. Um, yeah. I would say I'm, I don't know. I'm mundane. I'm just super excited about lower deck season two. I just love lower deck so much. Um, but uh, yeah, strange new worlds just cause it's a new show. And I think it's going to be super fan friendly. Um, and, you know, just as an intellectual exercise, prodigy just because especially now it's like will 
Will it succeed? Does it work as a kid's show? So let's move on to our bits of the week. Mine is very simple, which is I'm a huge Battlestar Galactic fan. And uh, the new Battlestar Galactica, even the original Battlestar Galactica. And so there was an interview this week with Katie Sackoff Mm -hmm. um, with Looper. And they asked her, you know, you've done Battlestar Galactica. Now you've done Star Wars because, you know, she's uh, Bo-Katan in the Mandalorian. Well, she did the voice. I was going to say she was, yeah, she was doing it before even, but yeah, that's, by the way, I think that's so cool that they, you know, you have an actress that goes from doing the voice to doing the live action, which is kind of rare. Well, um, that's, that's all Dave Filoni. I mean, he's, he's involved to go off on a tangent of a different franchise, but he's, you know, he's awesome. Like he's had a great vision with Clone Wars and all that stuff. And then. He got to execute it along with John Favreau with, you know, the Mandalorian. So, of course, he's going to bring, like, the, you know, that stuff over, which is cool. See, shared universe, people. <laughs> yeah. So they asked her, you know, what other franchises would you like? And she says, I haven't been in Star Trek. That seems like that's one out there. Yeah. Um, so it's true. How do we get Katie Sackhoff on Star Trek? Let's Let's make it complete. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be super excited about that. I mean, she's not, like lobbying for the role as rosario dawson has been for the last five years um to just and by the in- way we missed the they missed their chance because of course now she's got a role in the star wars universe so yeah i don't think they because especially because i think she's getting her own show right that's what i mean yeah she's about to get her own spinoff for ahsoka so yeah yeah so Although, I mean, she will take anything. She will be a Klingon in the background. She will just, she's desperate to get on Star Trek. Yeah, it's just so funny. Like, come on, people, help her out. Yeah, her and Tom Hanks, for God's sakes. <laughs> Tom Hanks, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, so what's your bit of the week? So the fun bit, you know, is is a funny bit of sorts, which was like, I, uh, we featured it on the site. And it's it's a lot of fun. Is the uh, most recent SNL jab at Star Trek, as as we've learned, you know, as we know, it's a long history of parroting uh, Star Trek in various forms. Um, of course, get a life <laughs> infamously, and the seventies SNL, of course, did it first. Uh, so not the most amazing sketch, but pretty funny at times. And of course, like good jab at the spinoff crazy world that we live in, which we've just been discussing this whole time. So it's kind of apropos, you know, this new ridiculous spinoff. And I like that it starts with the Paramount plus logo. And then they're like, no, 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 we thought of the plus thing first before Disney. Like we swear, you know, it's just, it's just funny because more it's, it's almost less Trek and more just like a meta commentary on the current streaming, you know, kind of wars and, ip you know exploitation of your ip so in that sense i I kind of enjoyed it almost more for that level of like it's funny because it's true about a lot of the industry right now you know it it, in a way they weren't really making fun of star trek they were using star trek as as an industry yeah as a platform yeah to talk about the proliferation of shows on streaming you know i'm sure people at paramount noticed that you know 
you want to get someone to make fun of you because at least they're talking about you, right? And so, that's what I thought was a good thing. That's exactly it. Like, yeah, it's not the greatest thing. And yes, per, you can you can definitely read it as insulting if you want to, frankly. But at the same time, like, it, it's a good thing that Trek is still out there in pop culture and being, you know, joked on and, and talked about and used and used as a reference point, right? Yeah. Because in a way what's worse right if if it just receded into the nether regions of pop culture them and like it wasn't used i think that's worse you know much worse much worse yeah, yeah you so, could you can't make fun of something unless it's known people know it yeah, yeah exactly so, so that's right. good yeah you know and so no i thought it, i thought it was mildly funny it was yeah, not chuckles. as good as yeah. the i mean they were mostly making fun of uh you know, rich, privileged white kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, using yeah, Star the Trek streaming industry, backdrop. privileged white kids, you know, <laughs> lots of stuff in there. <laughs> so, no, it was good. And you could watch it on the site. But I, I will say, one of the things that surprised me about it is not bad production values, honestly, either. Like, they did a good job with the sets. And people liked the uniforms they created. They had, yeah, like, they did an okay job, really. They yeah. had some. I think they were straight up TNG uniforms, but then they also had, but they had some better than that. Yeah. But they had some new uniforms too. Yeah. yeah. That they made. Pretty, yeah. Pretty good. And I think they all did like, uh, the, the people who were supposed to be the bridge crew. Cause like we basically, we got kind of a lower, a white privileged, like kids, lower decks kind of is what we got. Right. Right. The two newbies who were like kind of idiots and special, <laughs> like, special privilege kids like but the rest of the bridge crew was actually all pretty good like i liked all of them the way that they kind of did a pretty good job inhabiting like the sort of stereotypical roles of a bridge crew and the the set wasn't you know they had lcd screens and you know because they have to put those things together pretty quickly that's what i'm saying like they did prefer you know throwing it together for a sketch like that's pretty good i i was impressed with that yeah so that's it for another episode of all access star trek with a special guest from <laughs> Shuttlepod. Thank, Thank you, you Matt. Mm-hmm. So please come to the site. Give us your feedback. These are all the things Lori always says. So give us your feedback. We're obsessed with the feedback. Lori's obsessed <laughs> with the feedback. Give us your ratings. All Access Star Trek will be back next Friday. Lori will be back. We have some special guests coming. Um, don't uh, want to miss it. Don't want to miss good. it. Real Star Trek guests. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll be hearing Matt again soon on ShuttlePod. Yep, the ShuttlePod will be back soon with a new topic and new things to entertain you. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.